cliffcentral.com. Let's get on to our expert of experts and someone who we have had on cliffcentral.com and who's been doing his own series. It's the second series already called Beyond Madness. His name is Professor Christopher Paul Zabo. He is terrific. We've had him on Cliff Central now for a while. He does the most interesting podcast in the country on mental health. I can say that because I listen to it and I find it fascinating. It's a podcast series that features psychiatrists in conversation. They cover a broad range of topics related to issues in psychiatry that impact everybody and society in general. Mental health issues that affect us all on a daily basis, how we deal with these issues, um, how they affect you, someone in your life at any given time. The series will give you, if you haven't listened to it yet, a better understanding of psychiatry and of mental health. And they've got some new episodes which are absolutely fascinating. To tell us about this, here he is. Prof Zabo, nice to see you. How are you? Good morning. Yes, I'm uh, up early yes. and uh, happy to be here. I hope you're well. I'm very, very happy to see you. And you're in our studio, which is not a place un- un- unfamiliar to you. Um, nope. First of all, Prof, congrats. Sitting in, my, sitting in my favorite chair, by the way. I've got my own chair. I know what good. it feels like. Oh, good. Okay, you know what? You've got you've to be um, in a comfortable environment to be able to deliver the kind of content that you do. I'm thrilled that we're already on to season two. And for those people who, who've already listened to season one, they've got lots more to look forward to. But, Prof. I think so. It's, it's such an interesting world that we're living in at the moment. Mental health has become a subject which is Maybe some people still think it's a little bit taboo, but I think it's becoming very mainstream. I think people are fascinated by it. I think everybody realizes that this is a part of being human that has so far perhaps been underexplored. And in many parts of the world, um, there are people who haven't yet developed the tools that they so desperately need in order to make their lives more meaningful, to take themselves out of trauma or serious mental disorders. There are ways that we can now deal with these things to help people cope with a life that before would have had you consigned to an institution or a hospital. And now people on the street are talking about their mental health in what I think is quite an encouraging and forward thinking and progressive way. So, I mean, you're really the man of the moment in so many ways here because you've been dealing with this for years but it's such an interesting set of subjects. Well, I think that, uh, you know, the opening line of the, the, the podcast is no health without mental health. Yes. And I think that that comes from the World Health Organization. So I think that we in psychiatry and related fields certainly are very conscious of the impact that your mental health has on your general functioning. Because if you don't have mental health, uh, at the end of the day, you don't function optimally in whatever role you might be playing. Mm. So I do think that certainly, I suppose, from within the discipline, we've always had a sense of that. I think what's happened is it's become somewhat more mainstream in terms of mental health. But I think we need to distinguish mental health from mental illness because I think psychiatry per se is about recognizing, diagnosing, and treating mental illness, which will ultimately contribute towards mental health. So I wouldn't say that it necessarily focuses specifically on mental health for the general population right. in terms of what the discipline does, but certainly what the discipline does is it contributes towards mental health, and there is an awareness 
that without mental health, there is ultimately no health. And so in that sense, I think the message from the discipline is a much more uh, uh, broadly relevant message for society as a whole. You know, Prof, there are lots and lots of people all over the world who've been doing podcasts, including Prince Harry and Oprah, on mental health. But from a very pedestrian point of view, you know, as a psychiatrist, and perhaps it'll be useful and illustrative for you to just describe to us the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist for, for starters. And second of all, okay. to talk about the the fact that you, you very often will unpack some quite extraordinary and academic and very new ideas in the discipline um, with other psychiatrists. That's part of what you do here. But a lot of the stuff that you talk about is also stuff that we can relate to as ordinary folks, you know, and there are many people who are very interested in this stuff. So let's just start with those definitions. I think it might help people. Yeah. Well, I think that psychology and psychiatry are obviously uh, related disciplines. Psychiatry comes from the medical, and so therefore in order to be a psychiatrist, you need to qualify first as a medical doctor. Yes. Having qualified as a medical doctor and you've been through your two years of internship and one year of community service, you then might either decide to go into general practice as a general practitioner mm -hmm. or you may decide to specialize, in which case you will then undertake further training, uh, usually a minimum of four years. And before you can actually get into the specialist training program, there's usually a requirement that you've done six months or a year of other medical specialties at the what they call a medical officer level. So before you become a specialist in training. So when you look at it, hmm. by the time a psychiatrist exits as a qualified psychiatrist, having written their exit exams, which are hosted by the Colleges of Medicine of South Africa. So you've got to write a, a college exam yes. to get admitted to the College of Psychiatrists. That's, uh, what would that be? That would be six, seven, eight, nine, 13 to 14 years from time of entry to time of exit. So you're talking about an 18-year-old who enters medical school, 18, 19 years old. You will exit as a specialist in your early 30s. So it's a real commitment. Now, psychology, and obviously the four years that you spend uh, specializing is completely dedicated to psychiatry. It's not to say that you don't have um, involvement with other medical specialist disciplines, such as neurology specifically, um, but certainly you are focused. So it's, 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 it's an extended period of time. And during that time, you rotate. You go from inpatient units to outpatient units, working in the community, working in units that have specialist uh, uh, focuses within the specialist disciplines, such as eating disorders, child and adolescent, forensic psychiatry. So there are a lot of subspecialist areas within the specialist discipline. Psychology comes from the humanities. So you have a basic Bachelor of Arts degree, then you move into honors, and then you get into masters. And I must say, it's not easy to get into masters from honors into psychology. That is, yes. that is a selection process. I often hear a lot of youngsters say, no, I want to study psychology. And I say, well, that's good and well. And you can major in psychology as an undergraduate. And if you do well enough, you'll get into honors. But the step up from honors to masters, and I stand under correction, but it's been my experience working extensively with psychologists over many decades, that the step up from honors to masters is a selection process. And there's no guarantee that you will get into the master's program, certainly not at first shot. Because wow. I think psychology, like psychiatry, is a more what I would call mature discipline. 
Right. You need to have some kind of life experience. You need to be credible in a sense so that when a patient walks into the room, they've got a sense that they can trust you, believe in you, and that you've got something to offer beyond a, a, a technical ability to simply diagnose and treat. You want somebody who's got a little bit of uh, – I'm going to use the word gravitas, but maybe one earns that after many decades. I don't think sure. you get that as a Experience. as a younger person. You know, so certainly <clears throat> the, those are the fundamental differences. So, Prof, um, someone says here, Easy Picking says, this man explains concepts incredibly well. He's a great guest. Well, he that's why he's got his own show, because a lot of these concepts – and Lebang, I'm sure you've heard this too. You know, you hear people on the street, when I say on the street, you know, you hear like friends at a braai or you go to dinner with somebody and then they suddenly, they're also a mental health expert, even though they've never studied exactly. any of this stuff. They've never done any of this work mm -hmm. that Prof Sabas just told us about. And then they suddenly start throwing around terms like, oh, you know, this person is bipolar and diagnosing things. Yeah. Now, this is very dangerous. As much as we want people to be talking about mental health, that doesn't mean that you're an expert just because you have a friend who has some condition or because you yourself were prescribed X medication or because you've been seeing your shrink and lying there on the couch for, you know, once a week or twice a week or whatever it is. And profit must be frustrating because everybody now thinks just because mental health is so widespread uh, an issue for yeah. people and because it's something everyone's talking about now that they're all experts. We've got to be very careful. Well, I think Yes, and I, and, but I think you raise a very important point without specifically putting your finger on the button. We must be careful not to trivialize through familiarity. Right. And I think that this is something that I obviously have an issue with. People, as you say, use terms very loosely, and suddenly everybody becomes a psychiatrist and a psychologist, amateur, I might add. And... That's okay. I mean, people have an awareness. There's nothing wrong with having an awareness, but I think beyond awareness, one needs to have understanding. And I think that information is one thing. Knowledge is something different. And I think that is acquired through, obviously, experience, working in the discipline, and a, a thorough and proper schooling in the actual disciplines of psychiatry or psychology. And I think that... Um, as much as one wants to promote mental health and create an awareness and understanding of what psychiatry is, what psychiatry does, in a sense, we want to humanize psychiatry mm. uh, because there are all kinds of stereotypes about what psychiatrists do and who psychiatrists are. And I think, you know, Hollywood and literature has certainly contributed in some way to perpetuating stereotypes. And of course, behind stereotypes, there are certain realities. So I think what the show attempts to do is to create an understanding and an awareness and certainly point people in the right direction in terms of the kind of information that might be useful to them. And so Coming back to where I started out, one must be careful that fam familiarity doesn't lead to trivialization. Because mm. if everybody if everybody has problems, then actually nobody has problems because that's the norm. So I think we need to be careful that we don't in any way diminish true mental illness with all of the suffering that goes with it. And not mm. just the sufferer, but their extended system yes. involving loved ones, families, friends, peers, etc., so, Prof, yeah. tell, sorry, Labang, go ahead. You got you had a question. Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to ask, like, what, what we can expect in this new season, like, what, what kind of mm. shows and, you know, what what are the kind of topics that you guys will be touching on that will be different from what we've heard um, on the previous shows? 
Yeah, certainly we do bring back one or two uh, themes. So, for example, we do have a, a, another episode on eating disorders, but I'm going to take a slightly different angle. Um, what you'll see within the new episodes are the concept of living with. Now, living with eating disorders, living with dementia, living with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, living with learning disabilities, and where am I going with that? I'm going to mm. the families. Because I think that these conditions, uh, in fact, all psychiatric conditions, are hugely burdensome. And I don't say that in a negative way. They simply are hugely burdensome for loved ones, spouses, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, grandparents, friends, etc. And I think that I wanted to dig in a little bit into the impact on the support system. Because remember, without a support system, the patient doesn't make progress. The patient needs a support system. But how do we understand how the support system deals with a sufferer? So I think that's something that is slightly different, where I'm taking it beyond just talking about a condition, and I'm now starting to look at the impact of certain conditions on the support system. So that is so that is one difference. And, of course, aside from eating disorders, we're going to also be looking at ketamine. Ketamine is a very interesting substance. It's an anesthetic drug that now has psychiatric uh, um, usages and we're going to be looking beyond depression where it's starting to kind of establish itself as a potential agent of of uh, utility and be recognized that it has a specific place within the treatment spectrum for uh, depression hmm. but there are other potential indications and so we're going to take that discussion a little bit further and i think what you'll also see is that for each episode i'm trying to have two guests as opposed to one right so having a professional what i would call maybe a content expert and then trying to bring in somebody for example who runs a support group so who's on the ground with sufferers and getting their perspective because I don't want to sit and presume that I understand everything that goes on with a patient or their support system. And so it's nice to bring in people who actually are at the coalface in that sense. So we're going to try to always have two guests. And I think that that will be the case for pretty much every single one of my shows coming up, except the show that deals with serial killers. I'm going to have Gerard Labuskakhni himself coming in to talk about the psychology of serial killers. Wow. So a slightly, a slightly sort of different take in terms of, 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 of a podcast that deals with psychiatry. But I think it's a, it's an interesting area. And I think it is one which fascinates people as much as it scares people. And so I think we're going to have an interesting conversation there. That sounds amazing. All right. Good stuff. So. I think it's important also, Prof, to acknowledge that there's a sponsor here and that these, this, yes. you know, to produce any series of this kind of, of gravitas, you need to have uh, producers and guests and you have to be able yes. to set aside time and it, res- it requires research from you and your guests often so you could present the yes. stuff to the rest of us in a way that we can understand it because it is your day-to-day stuff. But very often, you know, unless you sit and prepare this stuff it, it's not easy to explain these concepts to uh, the rest of us who, who are trying to catch on yes. now with beyond madness we've got uh, adcock ingram otc sponsors of brave these yes. guys don't they then they're really not looking for uh you know hard sell advertising here they're incredibly yeah. clever about the way that they support millions of south africans in, in many different ways, not only with their products, but with their very good community service uh, 
projects that they're involved in. They do a lot of, of interesting media work in terms of bringing people up to you know, a point where they can understand some of the, the issues that affect society. They really have a holistic approach. And I think it's worth mentioning them and, and their involvement because people might want to know yes. what that is. Well, I think, first of all, you have to look at the vision. Mm. And I think that I have to acknowledge Sudhir Rampasat. He, he, he's the yes. man who actually uh, encouraged me to undertake this uh, journey Mm -hmm. of creating podcasts. And I think that it's within a broader uh, umbrella of, of, of Adcock Ingram OTC's commitment to health. So it's not just physical health, but it's also mental health. And as you say, I uh, do not ever experience any commercial pressure. It's literally, yeah. this is a good thing. We are proud as a program to be associated with Adcock Ingram OTC and they are comfortable to have our offering within their uh, umbrella of, 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 of initiatives. So I think it's a very important initiative starting out looking at uh, frontline healthcare workers, but ultimately, and I have an interview with Nicole Kapper, who's the spokesperson, which actually is part of the first episode, which is mm -hmm. going to be released uh, today. Maybe we'll talk about that. And that episode's entitled, interestingly enough, Smart Food for the Brain, and it's the issue of nutritional psychiatry. And I think we're entering into some interesting territory. The science is emerging and evolving. But just getting back to Adcock Ingram OTC. So Nicole is going to be on the show, uh, the first of the new episodes. And so she'll be talking much more about what Adcock Ingram OTC sponsors of Brave is all about. But I think it's a very important initiative. And I think it's one that we are very comfortable and uh, happy to be associated with. Prof, the, the, the human brain is still such an unknown and uncharted territory for us. And even though we've developed millions of new uh, you know, ideas, discoveries, we've figured out things that we didn't know before in the last just 10 years, for example, <clears throat> the brain still continues to elude us in some ways. There yes. are some people who, who think that, um, that medicine is still stuck in the days where you, know, you would just kind of tranquilize people rather than actually be able to pinpoint where exactly in the brain you are treating a certain disorder where you're able to have an effect on these things the medicine has come forward in leaps and bounds there are so many people all over, all over the world some of them probably shouldn't be but there are millions of people all over the world who are on all kinds of meds for mental health issues how do you feel yes. about that because there are you know the people in the comments too who say well psychiatrists all over the world are just drug pushers and really yes <laughs> you know they're trying to they're trying to numb all these people who have various either eccentricities or actual disorders mm. or personality disorders or whatever else there's yes. a fine line here and is this a, a subject of, of interest to you and other psychiatrists well i think it's an interest to me as a practicing psychiatrist because i'm well aware of the fact that if you look at psychiatrists simply as individuals who prescribe then I think that you're missing what psychiatry should be. Mm. And it's not simply about prescribing. Mm -hmm. I think that each person who comes across your threshold before they become your patient has a story. And I think that it's very important to understand the context of that person's presentation and their journey that brings them into your office as a psychiatrist. And simply because somebody walks across the threshold of a psychiatrist's uh, office doesn't necessarily mean that, number one, they're going to receive a psychiatric diagnosis. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. because remember, we are not simply diagnosing for the sake of diagnosing. Secondly, it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily leave with a script for medication yeah. because medication is a part of a comprehensive package or should be simply a part of a comprehensive package of intervention, which comes back to the fundamental ethos of psychiatry, which is biopsychosocial. So the bio, the biological could require pharmacological and medication interventions. The psychological looks at the individual as a whole person in terms of how they operate in this world, how they understand themselves, how they relate to the people around them, their expectations, their disappointments, their stories, their ways of coping, their ways of dealing with the world. And social is really the context where we're looking at the context. Who are they connected to? How is their system part of their lives? And how is it part of the solution as well? So I think that psychiatry as a discipline should be practiced in a biopsychosocial way. Unfortunately, and I think there is a certain understanding that if you go and see a psychiatrist, you're going to walk out with a script and arm long. No, that should not be the case. I personally, so I speak for myself, I don't speak for my colleagues, I'm very conservative in prescribing. You have to, as I say, earn your medication. I have to be really convinced that you need medication. And there's some times where it's not even a discussion. However, before you cross that line, there is a thorough discussion with the patient as to this is what I think, these are the reasons why I think what I do about what is going on, And you come to an agreement, you reach a consensus of understanding. And consensus is important because that impacts on compliance with whatever you are going to do. So at the end of the day, before you actually prescribe, you need to go through a process of creating an understanding of why it might be necessary. Because even if a person comes to see you Mm. and they accept that they're seeing a psychiatrist and medication might be an option, there is generally weariness and a certain reluctance, and I can understand that. I mean, you're putting powerful drugs into your body, which could change the way you feel, change yeah. the way you think, not in a bad way, but well, so, sometimes, sometimes in a bad way it could. I mean, we potentially, we, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's why you have to understand what are the pros, what are the cons, right? And therefore, when the patient leaves with a script and is going to embark on a treatment process, they have a clear understanding. So once again, we come down to something very fundamental, honesty, respect, and ultimately communication. These are very important components of any doctor-patient interaction, not just in psychiatry. And I'm often very distressed to hear how little of that goes on in my other disciplines or related medical disciplines. But I think this is really important. And we come down to the issue of time. You need time. Time is very important. And we kind of move through things in this world generally very quickly when we should be really just having the conversations, creating the awareness, not just the awareness, but creating understanding. And then there's a comfort in knowing, okay, I understand what's going on. I understand what this professional is suggesting and why they're suggesting it. And we're walking this journey. We're walking this path together. I think that's very important. Prof, if if I could, just because you had you know, quite a number of years of experience under the belt and you, you, you've seen a lot of changes. How would you, looking back on your own career and on, on the, the, the progress of psychiatry, how would you define for people who look at it from the outside some of the biggest moves and the biggest changes 
in your discipline over the some you know 30 odd maybe 40 odd years that you've been really paying attention to this and watching how much has changed well you know i think it's a i think it's a very challenging question you've answered because i could give you an I'm answer that says i don't know that that much has changed quite frankly mm. i mean if i look at for example, we, we're starting to repurpose drugs because we've maybe hit a little bit of a, a, a wall in terms of progress. I think that it's, it's, it's something that you mentioned earlier, which is our understanding of the brain. And so I think psychiatry has become a much more science-based discipline, and I think in a sense it's medicalized more. But I think in the attempt to medicalize, we have to be careful that we don't dehumanize. And I think that one of the qualities that psychiatry has is that it's a very human discipline. And so whatever scientific progress is made, whatever changes take place, we have to always be very careful that we don't become a tick box discipline where we just literally tick off the symptoms, reach a diagnosis, and then we have an algorithmic approach to how we treat patients. Right. We must never lose our humanity as a discipline because psychiatry is not just a science. It's an art. And I think it's the art of engaging, understanding, and through that, assisting as one human being to another. So I think the humanity of psychiatry is something that whatever the progress might be scientifically, the humanity must not be lost. Otherwise we lose the discipline and we lose what makes it special. Do I just want to quickly, quickly add here before we go, I'm so glad you brought, brought up the word dehumanize because I mean, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. Um, from the outside looking in, when I think psychiatry or more so growing up, I just thought this is, too expensive you know this is something that i can just go down the road and speak to somebody who's had a lot of life experience about it maybe they yes. can help me I've, you know the, the stereotype has kind of been that it's just you know it's it's not the only answer per se but right. after listening to some of your shows i'm like really all it takes is like a better understanding and just listening to really the how in which you guys really you know decipher these matters and then you you, you realize that oh okay this is a science. This is really, you're not just going to sit on a couch and have a conversation in the movies and walk out feeling better. Like, like we've been sort of raised to believe it is so much more of a human thing than anything else. Um, and I've really come to appreciate, to appreciate it as an art, as you're saying, um, after listening to just, just the, the range of topics, like the alcohol mm. abuse and the eating disorders. I was like, damn, these are things that don't affect me directly, but mm. I'm generally interested in after listening to how you guys tackle it. So um, I can see the comment section on fire, but generally I, I would suggest listening to the show. It's just understanding Absolutely. more, even yeah, if prof, it's not a you thing. That's such a right. good point that LeBang makes. I mean, everybody's, you know, got their opinions, but to actually, to actually engage with this stuff, it might require a little bit of work from people who want to have knee jerk opinions about things. Is that part of the reason you're doing it? Well, I think, you said something very important. You used the word work. Psychiatry is work. When you go and see a psychiatrist or a psychologist, you go there to work. You don't necessarily leave their office feeling good because very often you've dealt with very difficult issues. And the sort of therapeutic effect. So I, I kind of look at psychotherapy, for example, in the same way as I look at medication. Sometimes you get the side effect before you get the therapeutic effect. Therapy is hard. 
you're dealing with difficult issues and it requires work. Mm. So it's not a holiday and you're not going in there just to be made to feel good. You're going in there to deal with issues, mm. which ultimately, if you deal with them in the correct way, you will feel better and ultimately, potentially, you will feel good, hopefully. But I wanted to touch on something. You know, not every problem requires a psychiatrist. Not every problem requires a psychologist. There are wise people right. around you, uh, in your family, in your community. Um, and so, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to necessarily go and see a mental health professional because you're not feeling so great. Obviously, one looks at the extent to which that is happening, how it impacts upon your life in terms of quality and your ability to function, and that kind of maybe distinguishes, well, maybe I need something more than just a chat. But certainly, the purpose of the show, and I've, I've mentioned it earlier, is to really give people a behind-the-scenes look at what goes into psychiatry as a discipline, the many facets, the complexities. And so you get a one-on-one a -on -one interaction that lasts 15 minutes or one hour, but going into that, into what is being said, into what is being shared, there are many, many layers of insight, knowledge, and understanding that get crystallized into the exchange that takes place between a patient and a psychiatrist. Uh, Prof, I think this is part of the reason that if you're interested in this, you have to listen to season two of Beyond Madness. And if you haven't listened to season one, go back and listen to those episodes too. They're also available and they're all fantastic. Uh, Professor Christopher Paul Zabo, it's always great to have you on. There aren't enough psychiatrists in South Africa by a long way. You already mentioned how difficult it is for yes. people to, to end up being uh, qualified and experienced enough to, to call themselves psychiatrists. And we don't have nearly the right number of workers across the, the spectrum don't. of mental health um, that, we, that we have problems for. Isn't that right? I Correct. mean, South Africa is really... No, that, no, no, absolutely. No, no. I mean, if you the compare... The resources are spread the, very thin. Very thin. And so we have to do what's task, called task shifting. Yeah. We have to move the discipline to other disciplines, um, including nurses, pharmacists, you know, at Cook Ingram, OTC, Sponsors of Brave is very much focused on pharmacists, and obviously we're a mental illness, mental health podcast, but there is definitely your frontline workers beyond psychiatrists. Your general practitioner is very important, your family physician. So, I mean, there are a whole host of other uh, medical and allied medical professionals who do form part of the repertoire or the uh, smoggers board, so to speak, of, 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 of care. So not everything has to reach a psychiatrist on the one hand, but also there are shortages of psychiatrists on the other hand. And so we have to be a little bit innovative in terms of how we upskill others who could provide some of the basic care along the way to potentially needing a psychiatrist. So we're very conscious of that as a discipline as well. Take a listen. You've got lots of, uh, of, of great content, awesome material, and uh, Prof, please keep uh, supplying us with all the information that we need. This is really, really interesting. For people who are in the profession of psychiatry, Absolutely it, it, too. It, it, fulfills, yeah, it fulfills the role that maybe some of those journals that maybe some people do read, some people probably don't anymore. It fulfills that because you've got these conversations between really interesting people from uh, all over the world who are dealing sometimes in very specialized ways with these subjects, right down to Lebang and I who are interested in the subject matter just from the observer point of view. And if you've got people in your life who are going through some of this, this may help you to understand as a, 
as a member of that extended community, what's really going on with them. It's just another reason to listen yeah. to Beyond Madness. Every Tuesday, it is live at 10 a.m., or you can get the podcast wherever you listen, on uh, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else. And that is Beyond Madness in association with Adcock Ingram OTC, the sponsors of Brave, Professor Christopher Paul Sabo. So nice to see you, and thanks for being on our show. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me and, uh, you know, getting behind the, the show. And I must acknowledge my new producer, Dori van Lochrenberg. She's great. She's been very helpful, and Aaron Modise, who does the technical. So I've got nice. a good team. I'm oh. very happy, and good. hopefully we're going to produce episodes that people are going to enjoy. We are already enjoying them. Thanks, Prof. Cliffcentral.com.